Welcome to On Stage, Off Stage, the show for, of, and about theater and the good folks who toil away unceasingly to bring it to you. My name is George Sapio, and we are broadcasting on WRFI 88.1 FM in Ithaca, 91.9 FM Watkins Glen, and 89.9 FM in Odessa. Radio for the people and by the people, broadcasting independent and locally produced programs. Welcome to On Stage, Off Stage. I'm George Sapio, and uh, today we are speaking with Eliza Van Court, founding artistic executive director <laughs> of the uh, Actors Workshop of Ithaca, and Katie Spallone, assistant director yep. of the Actors Workshop of Ithaca. Welcome, ladies. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you, George. Glad to be here. Okay, so for those of the people out there in Ithaca who do not know, who haven't been yet exposed to the joys and wonderment that is <laughs> Actors Workshop. Tell us a little bit about it, please. Well, we are a theater training studio specializing in the Meisner technique and audition prep. And we started about 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Katie was actually the first person to ever call to sign up for my class. Um, and true story. True story. <laughs> what got you started, Katie? Uh, I actually saw a brochure. Uh, I think it might have been in my store. It was in your store. Uh, an Actors Workshop of Ithaca brochure. Picked it up. Thought it sounded kind of interesting. Thought about it for a few days and decided to call. And Eliza, in her very inimitable fashion, <laughs> talked me into taking the class. Uh, th- yeah, that was September 2001, and the rest is history. So, That's great. Yeah. Well, I know you were uh, acting around Ithaca. Yeah, I was. I did a lot of acting. Uh, I think you and I must have. We, I know we you had. You and I run never it. worked. We never in worked together, together, but no. we had yeah a lot of mutual friends. And, yeah. Uh, the firehouse theater for one mm-hmm. but uh and i had the long lamented yeah the long firehouse, lamented um yeah. i had taken a little bit of meisner technique with craig mcdonald okay. and was fascinated by it and then when i saw awi was a meisner technique studio i thought this could be interesting and uh it just struck me right away i mean i just sort of i dove in and it just it made so much sense to me. It just made so much sense that we always hear acting is reacting, but um, the way the technique is laid out with the repetition exercises and all the observation that goes on, it, it just, it was like I had an epiphany and I realized all the acting that I had done was just, I don't even want to talk about the acting I had done. We'll just say that my acting career started in 2001. Um, I, for one, yeah. saw some of your pre meister acting. <laughs> it, it was pretty darn good. Well, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, George. But um, it just, everything makes so much more sense now. I'll say that. That's good. Well, as long mm-hmm. as things make sense, it's, uh, it's definitely better off. Yeah. And she was really um, a teacher from the start. So she came into my class, and in fact, I'd seen her around town, and I was immediately intimidated when she walked in. <laughs> I know now she's one; she's like my sister. But um, at the time, I thought, "Oh, am I going to have to teach her?" And she she really was a challenge to teach, not in a bad way, in a way that stretched me as a teacher because she asked really good questions and really challenging questions. And I knew, even though I never told her this until quite some time later, that I I wanted her to be my TA almost from the get go because she was just so smart about the way she approached the technique and she really asked questions from a student standpoint but also kind of from a teaching standpoint so it was a really great lucky thing for me that she walked in my door so early on in the process yeah i uh i never imagined myself as a as a teaching assistant but it was a lot of fun uh i think uh, 
two years after I started, I think I was your TA for at least a couple of years, yeah. two or three years. Yeah. And then Eliza gave me my own class. I think it was around 2005, and uh, I was off and running. How did that feel, finally you know, being I in charge? I was terrified. <laughs> I was terrified. <laughs> Eliza, I actually found out about it at one of our showcase parties, um, and uh, someone came up to me and said, oh, I hear you're going to be the new teacher for Tuesday, Thursday. And I said, what are you talking about? And, uh, and this person said, yeah, Eliza uh, you know, has too much going on with her kids, and and she told us that you'd be taking over the class. And I had no knowledge of this. So I was immediately terrified. Um, but luckily, my students, you know, nobody left. And everyone stuck with me. And uh, I had a bit of a learning curve. But it has been an absolutely fantastic experience. I, like Eliza, love teaching. You know, I actually own two stores downtown, but when people ask me what I do, I usually say, I'm an acting instructor. That's what I say first, and then I say, oh yeah, and I'm a, I'm a retailer. Excellent. So, well, yeah. When you say it made sense, <clears throat> what did that mean? I mean? What was the difference working with well, Eliza and the Meisner Technique as to what you were doing before? I, I mean, I think, you know, I take in theater classes at IC and at Cornell, and it just, a, a lot of it just seemed very sort of amorphous, and uh, this just seemed, I mean, first of all, let me just tell you, I'm a Virgo, so I need things <laughs> to be very logical, and if I know that to be a better actor, I have to first put all of my focus on the other person to see what's happening with them emotionally and then react to that, it just gives me a roadmap, and it tells me what to do. So I know that when I go into a circumstance and I'm on stage with someone that, I just have to always be present. I just, you know, always have to look at them, know what's happening with them, and then just, just react all the time. React, react, react. It's not that I'm, you know, like Eliza always says, you're taking acting class, and it's like, now you're covered in peanut butter, and you're running through the forest. How do you feel about that? Are you doing, it's like, no. Sticky. You know, it's, it's just <laughs> that I'm on stage, you know, I'm reacting to this person. How does he or she make me feel? And that's what it really boils down to. It's just a lot of, a lot of observational stuff. You can't be a good actor unless you know what's going on with the other person that you're sharing the stage with. Right. So, and it's just, it keeps you really honest. So, and I like that. Yeah. Sounds great. You're listening to On Stage, Off Stage. I'm George Sapier, and we're talking with Eliza Van Court and Katie Spallone of the Actors Workshop of Ithaca. What, where were you before you started, uh, Eliza, or before you started Actors Workshop? Well, I had kind of a winding road <laughs> before I started. Um, I had done theater ever since I was a little kid. It was my passion. Um, but then I sort of sidetracked for a while in college and got really into politics. I was a political science and women's studies um, major, with actually a political science major with a women's studies minor. Um, and then I went to law school. And I got into NYU Law School, and I went there for a year, and I got this gigantic scholarship after my first year to be funded over the summer and do whatever I wanted. So I got to really have my pick of any public interest job I wanted. And I remember walking home from this one interview, and I had this, I mean, I've told the story before, I had this gigantic red umbrella, and I kind of saw myself walking from above with all these black umbrellas, and I'm this freaky red umbrella bobbing through <laughs> and I thought what am I doing I am miserable I don't want to do this and um, so I decided not to do it and then I was immediately 
um, in, got involved with Phil Gushy, who is one of Meisner's protégés, and he let me into his studio. And I started the technique. And when I, I have to say, when I first came to sit in on a class, I thought it was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever seen. I was watching it, and I, I just thought, well, this, this is how could this possibly help you become a better actor? Um, I thought it was just so ridiculous. And I remember thinking everyone in the room, you know, seemed to think it was working, but there's no way it could be working. Um, but then I saw them do some scenes, and they were so present. And I thought, oh, well, even if it looks ridiculous to me, perhaps they're onto something. So I interviewed with Phil. He let me in. And I took the class. And then I started working in New York. And just when I was sort of getting my mojo in New York as an actor, and I'd just done a show at the Harold Clerman Theater, uh, my husband got into residency at Harvard, uh, in a Harvard affiliate in Boston. So I went there. And... I, there was nothing to do. I mean, Boston is a desert in many ways. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, people who love Boston, but for theater, it's a desert. So we'll I, be getting back to the Boston Desert Weather Report in a couple of minutes. <laughs> exactly. It was not a nice... I mean, for me, it was a, not a good place to be. So I actually, back in the day before the internet, I just called up the phone book and I said, you know, connect me with anything that starts with actor. And they said, we have the Actors Workshop of Boston. And I said, great, connect me. <laughs> So they connected me, and I called, and I said to the guy, this my my wonderful um, mentor Frank, who happened to be the director who answered the phone, and I said, "Listen, I'm from New York. I just did the show with the Clerman. I did a two-year Meisner technique program, which I finished. Um, do you know how one goes about getting an agent or work here in Boston?" And he said, "Oh, did you say you did a two-year Meisner program?" And I said, "Yeah." And he said. You're not going to believe this, but our Meisner instructor just got a gig in New York, and we start classes in a week, and we have a full complement of students, and I can't find anyone who's done the technique. Will you please come in for an interview? <laughs> and I did, and I thought, well, I don't want to teach. Teaching is stupid, and it's for people who don't know how to act, and I don't want to do it, and I'm so above all of this teaching thing. <laughs> and um, I went Whoops. in. <laughs> exactly. And I went in, and literally in about two weeks, I realized oh, God, I really love this. I love this more than acting. And I was, I was actually blown away. I didn't think that could ever happen. I thought this was just a temporary thing to make some money until we moved back to the city. But the nice thing about this was that we didn't have to move back to the city because you can teach anywhere. And, you know, so how'd you end up in Ithaca? Well, my family's from Ithaca, and we had two little kids, and we really wanted to be near our families, and I love Ithaca. I mean, I grew up here. I mean, I was born in the city, but I spent most of my life in Ithaca, and so we decided to move back here, and so I did, and I opened up the studio, and, you know, I have to say, I didn't expect it to become a studio. I just wanted one class, but what happened was the waitlist grew for my class, and then I created another class, and then the waitlist grew for that class, and so it's just sort of been a really organic process. And for me as an artist, and Katie, thank God she's here because I am not a businesswoman. She has taught me so much. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm not, that's not my thing. And I've had to actually sort of adapt and grow because I've had to learn how to actually work as a businesswoman when really primarily I'm an artist first. And that's been actually a real challenge for me. It's hard to mix the two sides of the brain on that sort of thing because <laughs> artists have was it left side of the brain or right side of the brain? I don't know, but this is the reason why we get we along, get along. So well. Yeah, well. <laughs> she keeps me in line. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Actors Workshop uh, Studio has uh, been producing shows for the past couple of seasons. Mm -hmm. When did that start, and how did that come? I mean, 
Wow. Um, I think the first show we did, I think, was with um, Nina. It was... Uh, Doxy's God. Do- Doxy's was it Doxy's God? God? Yeah. Doxy's God, yeah. 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 Um, and how many years ago was that? It was 2000 and... Was it seven? I don't know. It was, it was a while five, ago. Maybe five years ago, yeah. Well, yeah. the reason I ask is because every year you guys do showcases. Right. Mm-hmm. Twice a year. Twice a year. And that's how you show off what your students have been doing and how right. well they're progressing. Right, right. Why make the jump from those showcases to actual productions? I mean, it seems like you're not just taking something else on. You're actually adding a whole new size component, mm-hmm. you know, of an actor's theater. That's a big jump. I think we realized we had all these fantastic students with formidable talents, and we wanted to give them something else to do. And uh, we started looking at shows that we could really incorporate a lot of them into, and it just started there. Well, it's, how many students do you have Re- uh, regularly? Generally. Per semester? Yeah. I, I, 45, 50, something. Okay, so you've, yeah. got, mm-hmm. so, so you've got a wide mm-hmm. array of students to cast from. And yeah, and all, all the alums. demographics. Yeah. We have, you know, uh, adult classes. It's uh, minimum age is sixteen, mm-hmm. but we have it's like sixteen to. We've had, I think, uh, we've had students that were in their eighties. Yeah. <laughs> so right. it's all ages, all demographics, and it's a great pool to choose from when you're when you're casting a show. But I'm, but certainly allows you a lot of flexibility because from the shows I've seen that the Actors Workshop has put on. <laughs> The range is all over the place. I mean, you've got Hapshepsut, mm-hmm, which right. was a monologue. Right. Um, Puna the Bleep Dog, which was... Uh, <laughs> I, honestly, I've been waiting all day to say that. Puna the right? Bleep Dog, Puna the, the asterisk bleep, dog. Yeah, Puna <laughs> the asterisk dog. Um, I think which, we're, we're trying to do shows that aren't being done. And, you know, we're, I think our, our niche, if you will, is, is uh, our, our shows that The Hanger's not doing, The Kitchen's not doing, Running to Places isn't doing, um, You Guys aren't doing, Wolf's Mouth isn't doing. Right. And uh, we're trying to find shows that are a little bit maybe left of center. That uh, yeah. certainly yeah. I mean, some I think, interesting choices. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that part of what we're trying to do um, is we really... I am really worried, and Katie and I talk about this all the time, about the fact that the the aging population of audience members that go to the theater, right. it's really problematic. And when you go to a lot of shows, you look around, and I, you know, I'm 42, and I look around, and I feel like I'm a young spring chicken. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and I know that feeling quite well. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, for me, one of the things I, I kind of started researching and finding um, out what, what pulls young people into the theater. What kind of shows can you do to get young people to start building a base of new audiences? See, that's the critical thing I've been hearing from artistic directors all over the place. Yes. I'm connected with a bunch of them on Facebook, email, yep. and the situation is the same. Theater is one of the hardest things to maintain, yep. to fund, to keep going to. It's it's and to keep it to find yeah. ways to keep it exciting. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. you've got to engage a whole new generation. That's right. That's right. I mean, I have to say, um, there's a guy named Jason um, from Original Works. He's the director of Original Works Publishing, and he was somebody who kind of started us out in a lot of ways and helped us because uh, somehow we found him after Puna. We found him. We started mm-hmm. kind of connecting with him. And he sends me plays and he does only original works. And he does stuff that no one else will touch right. uh, and that appeal to a younger audience. So our goal right now is to sort of 
go local. I mean, that's what we really want to do is get local playwrights that are original works um, and also to get people like Jason to help us find pieces that are going to pull in young people. And I have to say, you know, for example, when we did Mitzi's Abortion, which is the worst title of all time, and I think the playwright had a death wish, but, you know, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, that play appealed to young people. That audience was packed with young people. Mm -hmm. right. And that's what we, I mean, when I look around and I see people in their 20s and their you know, 20s and 30s in our audiences, I, I was so happy. Mm -hmm. And Dog Sees God, Confessions of a Teenage Blockhead, so many teenagers were there. You know, it was just fantastic. So, you know, that's what we're sort of trying to do is provide a space for our students to work with us in a capacity that is beyond a one act. And then also do plays that really other people maybe don't want to do for whatever reason and that will pull in a younger demographic. I'd say, yeah. I'd say those are sort of our three yeah. main missions. It's not a small endeavor you've taken on here. I mean, theater is... It's it's hard to get people Tough. into. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. you have to get dressed. You got to find a babysitter. Oh yeah. You know, it's it's not like sitting at home and whipping out the bonbons and a beer and you know kicking back in the recliner and turning on you know season four of West Wing. Yeah, then that sounds really good sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tempt me. <laughs> Do you both direct in these shows? Eliza, as the artistic director, directs a lot more. I've, I'm have i mainly directing showcases. Uh, there's a show that we're working on right now that I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later uh, that I'm helping her. I'm her assistant director. But uh, that's really Eliza's forte, I think. That's, that's her love. And I have to say, she is a visionary director. I think you're, she amazes me. I have learned so much about directing from her and uh, just... Even working on uh, our current show, it's uh, it's been a treat. Thank you. Well, we work really well together. I think we complement each other really well. <laughs> Have you ever directed each other? Have I directed? Well, yeah. I directed her in showcases. In showcases. Eliza keeps threatening to direct me in yeah. quote unquote something, something <laughs> which I would I love. I, I don't love. know that play. Who something. wrote it? <laughs> Something that we'll find in the future, some point down the road. Are we actually, the Beatles hit we, or we what? actually have a play in mind we might be talking to you about, George, yeah, at some yeah, point. So yeah. We have a um, few irons in the fire. Yes. Uh, oh, uh, I'm a fired iron. Yeah, you, you <laughs> are a fired Gosh. iron. <laughs> well, if we find the right drama, Eliza knows I am not a comedic actress. No. She's the comedic actress. I'm the dramatic actress. Yeah. So if there's a great little drama out there, I would love to have yeah. her direct me in it. That's yes. why Rabbit Hole was perfect for us, because I got to be goofy and she got to be serious. It was great. <laughs> yeah. And we were sisters, so yeah. it wasn't that much of a stretch. Rab <laughs> Rabbit Hole is a great production. That's a hard play to do. Ooh. Yeah, it yeah. balances out so many emotional yeah issues that could easily be mishandled in the wrong hands well um, jeremy webb was, was unbelievable jeremy webb is i think one of the most gifted directors mm -hmm. i have ever worked with in my life yeah. he's just he's an actor's director he's brilliant and um i really hope he does more directing and i hope at some point we can find a way to get him back here yeah. because man you know working with him was i mean i grew up with him so it was really cool for me because we went to high school together and we did shows together in high school and to have him come back from this really successful career and come work with us was just such a circle of life and really an honor yeah he had a knack for just planting these ideas in your mind and you really didn't know that they they came from him like suddenly <laughs> you'd be thinking oh what if i did this with the character or that with the character yeah. and uh, that was I think one of my favorite times working as an actor on the stage was with you and, and with Jeremy yeah, Jer fantastic. Jeremy would say 
I'm wondering if perhaps perhaps <laughs> she doesn't like her father. You know, and then suddenly you're like, oh, oh what if she doesn't <laughs> like her father? <laughs> or, or he, you know, there's just little phrases yeah. he said that I've actually mercilessly stolen from, but they're they're effective. Thank yeah. you, Jeremy, for yeah. letting me steal from you. Yeah. No, no, no. That's how we pass on the good stuff. I, I I know from experience, it's a joy to work with a director who oh yeah encourages, builds, mm-hmm. uh, enhances, and lets you do whatever it is you do as an actor. Oh, yeah. I mean, they cast you for a reason. They should let you do whatever it is that you do. Um, right. You mentioned a show that you've got coming up. Oh. Coming up soon, February 16th, I believe it is. It's a yes. Saturday, and it's called... Wait, hold on. We are listening to Offstage, Onstage, or actually Onstage, Offstage. <laughs> I just got the name of my own show wrong. <laughs> Onstage, Offstage with George Sapia. We are talking with uh, Eliza Van Court and Katie Spallone of the Actors Workshop of Ithaca. Okay. And the name of the show is? <laughs> the name of the show is Love, Loss, and What I Wore. Okay. And uh, it was written by uh, Nora and Delia Efron. What's the story? Um, well... I read a lot of plays every year, and one of the things that I find a little bit frustrating is that they tend to really explore very well the um, male experience, but it's actually really hard to find something that really delves into the female experience. And um, it's always been something that kind of frustrates me. Often when it's a woman character, it is in relationship to how she feels about a man or mm-hmm. trying to get a man or what the man doesn't do nicely for her or whatever. And so I really wanted something that just stands on its own about, about women. Then at that point, my student... <clears throat> my student Amanda Satin um, got into the off-Broadway show and she invited me to come to the premiere which was really fun because I got to go to the party and meet people from the Book of Mormon and all kinds of fun stuff um, and you know the show was amazing it was actually better live than it was reading it and sometimes that's not always the case and yeah I find it varies with a lot of plays it yeah. looks great on paper exactly but doesn't fly doesn't, on doesn't the stage and then you see yeah. it and you're like wah wah that really was disappointing so I was really excited when I saw it um so after I got the rights I decided that you know it was really something that I had been dying to do I called Katie I was so excited yeah. because I'd been trying for so long um and it's been sort of a rocky road because I had a date for the show and then my house flooded. So, so then we yeah. had to change the yeah. date of the show. So, and I was worried yeah. I would lose the rights changing the date. So it's been really kind of this, you know, birthing this show has been yeah. quite the process. <laughs> um, but I'm really happy I did it. And, you know, uh, I talked to Katie because we wanted to do a benefit, and of course, I couldn't really, I couldn't figure out which place to do it for. But I wanted it to be some sort of women's thing, and then Katie, you know, Katie knew instantly. So you want to tell that part? Oh yeah, um, we're actually doing it as a benefit for the Women's Opportunity Center, um, which I think is just one of the most amazing organizations in Ithaca. And because of the subject matter of the play, I thought it would be a perfect fit. And uh, we're just really excited. We've we've talked about doing a benefit for so long. Um, the fact that we're doing it with uh, the amazing women that we're doing it with, that we've cast, um, and reaching out sort of into the theatrical community to friends that uh, non-actors workshop of Ithaca actors. We have two 
AWI grads and also yeah, three so other women. Yes, let's about this cast. It's oh, the stellar. cast is fantastic. From the Actors Workshop of Ithaca, we have, as I said, two grads. We have Becky Lane, who's a local filmmaker who's mm-hmm. gotten quite a lot of press with her film. She's working on a film right now at the Shanna Clear. She's an international uh, amazing woman. Right, right. Uh, Kristen Sad, who is one of Eliza's students, who was just an incredible actor who's quite well, quite uh, well known around town. Uh, and then we have Michelle Courtney Berry, who is local poet. She's a local. Uh, she's a life coach. She does so many things. She's on Common, um, Council. Common Council. She's, she's a yeah, politician. She's a great actor. She's mm-hmm. acted at the Hangar. Yeah, I think she was a. Wasn't she the poet? poet laureate for a while yes she was she was she was um and uh who else holly Holly adams i don't think there's anyone in ithaca who does not know holly adams and her myriad of acting and directing talents uh and she's yes and then Eric, in yeah. your show right now. She's right? Uh, and, rehearsing uh, my show at the moment. Yeah, yeah. she came from your show to our show. One day. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, Rehearsals. I just came from another show. <clears throat> and last but not least, uh, Erica Steenhagen, who Ithaca audiences have known right. and loved for sure. years, who is well known at the hangar and at the kitchen. That's, a, that's an it's amazing cast. It's a fantastic cast. Yeah. cast. Um, I might actually go see this show. <laughs> <laughs> you better be there. I already got uh, tickets. As awesome. we say, it's for, it's for women and the men who love them, so mm-hmm. you better be there. Um, so we just, it's like, uh, it is a dream come true to be working with such fantastic women, a play, you know, about women, for women, cast with women. It's just... W- is it a comedy, drama? It's everything, it's George. Okay. It is everything. Uh, this play will move you in ways that you don't even know. It's uh, Eliza and I, during rehearsal, just, we look at each other. Sometimes we're laughing uproariously, and sometimes we're just looking at each other sort of stunned by the raw emotion that we're watching and we're we're we find ourselves crying yeah i mean there um, are, i mean there are a whole bunch of individual stories mm-hmm. monologues right yeah. yeah i mean there's one main character gingy and she doesn't change throughout the show and then there are four other women and they all play separate characters so you get story after story after story of all these different women um, and then there is some dialogue between some of the women what, as well. 25, 25, yeah, tons characters? of characters. And you know, the interesting thing is, um, I'm actually not a huge fan of staged readings. Um, I think some plays look really good mm-hmm. as staged readings, very, very, very good. Some plays look not so good because they really are asking for movement. They're built for movement, and then when there's no movement, you just kind of get bored. But this one was constructed as a staged reading, and when I read it. You know, I loved it, but I have to say, you know, it's so much better live. Yeah. I mean, it's just a brilliant piece, and it just grabs you. It's it's going to be a fantastic show. We are so lucky to have – we have wonderful sponsors. Um, we're actually doing a uh, cash bar before the show, and right, we're having right. a catered reception courtesy of Agava after the show, which is going to be awesome. Um, so we hope everyone in Ithaca will come out and... Uh, so the show's taking place mm-hmm. at the Hangar. At the Hangar, February 16th at 8 p.m. The doors will open at 7.15 for a little pre-show cash bar and socializing, and then the curtain goes up at 8. Sounds fantastic. It is. It is. It really is. And I, I have to say, we wouldn't be able to do this without the help of our sponsors. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say that because the yep. business community has stepped right up. Madeline's without them. We couldn't have rented Madeline's the hangar. Restaurant. They gave us right. they're our corporate sponsors. And then Agava and Nail Candy. And, you know, without these guys, this wouldn't mm-hmm. be happening because we really need help paying for the overhead because there is a substantial there amount is of overhead. A, yeah, yeah. Theater isn't cheap. It's not cheap. And good theater <laughs> is expensive. Exactly. So, so we are very healthy grateful. shout out to all those folks yes. who support theater. We love you. We, we love, love you. you. <laughs> Please go to their businesses. 
Well, it's been an absolute unbelievable pleasure having the two of you here as guests today. And uh, on stage off, hey, Eliza Van Court and Katie Spallone of the Actors Workshop of Ithaca. Do not miss Love, Loss, and What I Wore, Hangar Theater, February 16th, Saturday, 8 p.m. You'll be the worse off for it. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. It's time for the Onstage Offstage Arts Calendar for February 14th, 2013. Running through March 3rd, the Ithaca Shakespeare Company presents William Shakespeare's The Merchant of Venice. Tickets and information can be found at ithacashakespeare.org. The Schwartz Center for Performing Arts presents A People by Lauren Feldman. The show runs from February 15th to February 23rd. All shows start at 7.30 p.m. The Schwartz Center for Performing Arts is located at 430 College Avenue, Ithaca. Tickets and information can be found at www.pma.cornell.edu. February 16th at the Hangar Theater, the Actors' Workshop of Ithaca's presentation of Nora and Delia Efron's Love, Loss, and What I Wore is sold out. There will be a wait list at the Hangar, so if you need tickets and want a chance getting lucky, head to the Hangar at 7 p.m. and put yourself on the list. The Hangar Theater is located two miles north of the downtown Ithaca Commons on Route 89 at the Treeman Marina entrance to Cass Park, 801 to Gannick Boulevard. Starting February 27th and running through March 17th, the Kitchen Theater presents Crooked, a play by Katherine Treishman. The Kitchen Theater is located at 417 West State Street, Ithaca. Further information can be found at kitchentheater.org. And tickets are on sale now for the Wolf's Mouth Theatre Company's upcoming production of Fault Lines, a play by George Sapio. Fault Lines features the acting talents of Holly Adams, Lauren Bame, Brett Bossard, and Maura Stevens. Fault Lines runs two weekends, March 14th, 15th, and 16th, and the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. It'll be performed at Fall Creek Studios, 1201 North Tioga Street. Information can be found at www.wolfsmouth.com. Tickets and or information for these events are available at the Ticket Center, 171 East State Street, the Ithaca Commons, downtown Ithaca, or by calling 607-273-4497. That's it for the Arts Calendar for this time. We'll see you next time.